the warmest of greetings to you, and welcome back to Happily Ever Teaching, where we help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science: storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen for your children to become amazing and successful human beings. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me this week is. Hi, I'm Helen. I work in a small school in Buckinghamshire, currently with a section in Year One children. Hi, I'm Rob. I also work in Buckinghamshire, and I will be working with Year Four this year. And today we are exploring geography and history learning outcomes with this week's tale, a poem based on a story by a ten-year-old learner, just from a small school in Cambridgeshire, England. You can listen to the poem by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for Huff McTuff. There you can stream a video of me telling the story for your children. Get a copy as an ebook or paperback, illustrated by the magical Corky Paul, and even pick up some tips for telling the story yourself. Right now, though, let's continue our discussion with Helen and Rob this week, with also. The giant Havmoktaf and the fair Princess Barrette, and、uh, we are going to begin by looking at a little bit of the history of castles. I think with the age range of four to seven. Helen, is this what you're wanting to look at? Yes, definitely. With any any story that has castles in, there's so much to do, so much to learn about. Um, I thought、mm-hmm. I'd just focus on one one aspect of it, <laughs> which is the the jobs, because、oh. that's a very clear theme in in the poem. is is the different jobs in the castle, the different people that have、mm. their different roles. So I thought it would be a good opportunity to look at that with the children. And the way I like to do this kind of thing in in the early years is to get children a little bit away from the historical aspect and just look at jobs in the modern world, because in in reception years that's often something.、Mm. Something that comes up in conversation and something to talk about. You know, what, what jobs do people have? What do they do? Why are they there?、Um, and then once you've done that,、um, you could have a look at the medieval jobs. And I would always use a lot of images,、um, any drawings you can find online, to give children a picture in their head and have a look at the jobs they do. And then I would get the children to take on, choose a job that they want to take on in role. So something I've done previously is create a castle. Actually, it might be in a medieval village.、Mm-hmm. But either way, as a class, we had this big classroom-sized representation of the castle, and the children took on a role within it. So then they've got to create some clothing. I don't worry so much about the outcome; it's more the process.、Mm-hmm. So if the children have a look at some images and then they have a go at making them out of paper, I think that's it's more the process than the outcome. Because they're engaging with the history and exactly. The, yeah. <laughs> so you might get not get an exact replica of medieval clothing. <laughs> <laughs> But the children will be learning through through the process, through trying to create some clothing for themselves. You know, big pieces of sugar paper are good for this. You can create all kinds of things from big pieces of sugar paper. <laughs> Definitely not historically accurate, then. <laughs> exactly. So,、um, <laughs> but they can create clothing to wear. They can create、um, props that they need. So, a child in my class was, became a rat catcher a while ago, and it was fantastic. We got a big stick from outside. They were taping paper wraps to it. So that way, there's so so many different <laughs> skills coming into this one、yeah. activity. So the activity is exploring history, but but the children are are turning themselves into those roles through using a lot of other skills.、Um, so you have a look at the clothing, what kind of tools they would need, and they create those as well. And then you do a little bit of of role play, so the children are actually acting out 
be their job. And I would always have the adults in this scenario going mm. around asking, you know, can you make me a candle? Can you <laughs> can you catch me some rats? Can you bake me some bread? So the children are exploring the different jobs through role play. Ah, oh, fantastic. It'd be quite interesting to bring in the idea we talked about last week of are some jobs seen as being suitable for men and some suitable for yeah. women and whether the children pick up on that or whether you can have female rat catchers and absolutely male yeah. clothes makers and mm-hmm. yeah that would be a good discussion wouldn't it because actually in medieval times you probably wouldn't but could we now kind of yeah yeah and sort of letting them pick a job according to their own individual strengths and preferences Yes, absolutely. I mean, interestingly, when when I did do this with the children, the spinsters were definitely were both girls, and this was all their own choice. Uh, the swine, <laughs> there were three swine herds; they were all boys. There were about seven rat catchers; they were all boys. So actually, it was quite interesting to see their their preferences coming mm. out that way. <laughs> we did we did have a few female blacksmiths, which you probably wouldn't have had in the medieval times. So that was good. No, no, almost definitely not. Yeah. Fantastic. As we go up to the ages 7 to 11, Rob, I think you wanted to touch on some geography with them? Yes, uh, a bit of geography slash science. Um, Huff McTuff manages to create an earthquake with his stomping around Hmm. because he's so upset. So I would want to explore what are earthquakes? How do they happen? Where do they happen? And then look at some examples that of earthquakes that have happened and the effect and the impact that they've had on human society and on the the planet themselves and what's what kind of effect mm. uh, they have in general it's interesting it's part of like science and geography that's not it's kind of exciting and um, do speech marks in the air to... yeah yeah, I th- I th- it's a, an interesting one to combine with the English topic of the way stories differ around the world and different variations of stories, because you get uh, a lot of the um, religions or, or the cultures that have various giant gods or giant um, animals who live in the mountains and who cause these earthquakes. There are some fantastic stories I know from um, the Utah areas of the United States where the the legend is that there is a, a whale thrashing around, a giant whale thrashing around in the mountains, and that's what causes um, earthquakes there and, and tsunamis and so on. So you can definitely have a look at comparing the the different cultures of different locations in the world through their stories, their art, and what their land gives them as as inspiration. Yeah, I think um, linked to that as well, you could put like a historical or literacy spin on it from uh, what did people think caused the earthquakes at the time? Because yes, definitely, because yeah. They, probably wouldn't have had the same scientific knowledge that we have. So was mm-hmm. it a giant having a stress because his nose hair is matted or is it two giants fighting or or what is causing these natural phenomena to, to occur? Mm-hmm. It can be really fun to have that discussion with early years children who might not have so much actual knowledge about the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> about the earthquakes because you might get a bit, more, a bit more of that kind of, oh, it's a giant or there's a guafalo somewhere <laughs> stomping around. Mm. But that can also then tie in with the topic 
Helen had for early years earlier on, you can maybe look with older children at um, the reasons why there were different jobs or, or the, the different importance that was given to different jobs. So, for example, um, astrologers were much more important back in the time that we imagine Princess Barrett and Huff to have lived um, than they are now. You know, they weren't just writing little puff pieces in newspapers. They were actually advisors to the king and they would have been in that room giving him his advice on what he should be doing or, or not, as, as the case may be in this particular <laughs> poem. Yeah, so it links to kind of the signs that the natural world gives us and then how they were interpreted mm. by people in history as to what that might mean that the gods wanted to happen or whether it was a good omen for an adventure or a, a mission that they were going on or or the opposite mm -hmm. if it was a bad omen so like you said astrologers and astronomers were seen as much more important than the mystic makes of this world that's all we have time for today, folks. If you try out any of these ideas, or if you'd like us to help you teach a topic you are soon to cover with your young learners, please let us know on social media using at Teach Happily, or leave us a review using your favourite podcast app. Tomorrow, Huff and Princess Barrett will help us teach design and technology. But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio, and we hope to hear your story soon. So... Cheerio. Cheerio! And we, we hope, hope to hear, hear your, your story, story soon! soon.